Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Today, we got another amazing guest for all of you. Uh, He's going to give us a lot of his insights on how he wins so much all the time, how 2020 was like one of his big years. But before we get into that, we got to briefly shout out sponsors of the show, your friends and ours, no judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling apparel needs. I'm talking rash guards, fight shorts, uh, casual wear, because, you know, you got to let people know you train, but if they're not in the in the know, because, like, why do we do this if not for clout? Um, and also for our PJ finish aficionados out there, we got you set up with some nice-looking geese modeled by a very familiar face, if I do say so myself. Now, I know uh, everybody is looking to save money during the quarantine, during the pandemic that's still going on. Luckily for you, we've got you set up. Use the promo code JJT for 20% off all your purchases. Let them know we sent you. You're helping us out. You're helping the show out. And this is a company that really does a lot for the community. You know, jujitsu owned and operated. So go show them some love. Get yourself some spiffy looking new gear. And once again, that's www.nojudgesneeded.com. Promo code JJT for 20% off. All right. Well, today we have another guest that is just a, a too threatening of a guy for me to ever engage with on the street and casual. The only way I would ever talk to him is if there's a, a couple hundred miles between us. I actually met him once and I've never been more terrified in my entire life. He's a very, very kind guy, but you meet him and you are very much aware that he could throw you like 20 miles in any direction if he wanted to. Like a twig. Yeah. Just a, just a, powerfully built scary man with a really nice smile so he's got that going for him all right so please uh join us in welcoming to the show brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt fight to win champion and all-around winner extraordinaire uh chad kodiak fields kodiak thank you so much for joining us here today How you doing? That, was, that was a hell of an introduction i mean i i didn't i didn't think i was that mean i thought you know no, no 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 not mean like just powerful like oh shit i'm threatened just by this guy being next to me even though he's being nice and smiling and giving me the time of day <laughs> but yeah i will also concur with you kevin i i what the first time i've ever seen him Face to face was the last weekend, last Friday night at the fight to win, and you are a massive, massive man. Like I don't, you don't, you don't realize you're what six two something like that. No, no, I'm 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 barely six foot, guys. I'm no. six foot. Uh, I swear to you, I'm six foot. I'm I'm two thirty seven as of this morning, so I'm not I'm not that big. And I have I have teammates that that just dwarf me, like uh, like Justin Brunette, for example. That's that's a big dude. Yeah. He's he's he was uh, I think he told me he was two seventy five or two eighty. Wow! At at the fight to win, yeah, he he is a massive human being. I am. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you guys are just small. That's the problem. <laughs> you just forget. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, people call me small either. When I see you, I feel small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm I'm not that big of a deal, man. I can only bench five hundred pounds. You know, it's crazy. So yeah, and also. For for the record, six foot is only not that big a deal if you're six foot. For all right. those five nine, five eight short asses, it's like the biggest deal in the world. So I have, I have been rounding up to six foot from five eleven and three quarters for the entirety of my adult life. So I'm, I am <laughs> I, I am six foot on my driver's license. Six foot. We don't need to measure it. Six foot. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You can round up as as long as it's within an inch. 
Exactly. You can round up, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I got to ask you this then. So with you admitting that you're not all that big of a guy, how Mm -hmm. does a quote unquote, not that big of a guy end up with a nickname like Kodiak? Oh, that's a fun one. So, um, so Kodiak started because my wife's pet name for me was bear and it's cause I'm, I'm a fuzzy guy, right? If I don't manscape, I, I look like a Yeti. It's, it's really bad. Um, so we were, uh, it was before my first MMA fight and we were watching the edge with, uh, uh Anthony Hopkins and Baldwin um, and have you seen this movie where they, they go out to, for a, a film shoot and the plane crashes? And, yes. Yes. Okay. So the, Mid, the late nineties, yeah, early yeah, yeah. 2000s, I, uh-huh. I, I vaguely remember that, that movie, something about the Himalayas are falling off the, no, the, 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 the uh, Alaskan, they got, got trapped in the Alaskan mountains. So the plane goes down and the first night a bear attacks them. And it's this huge Kodiak bear. And so we're watching this awesome film and I start mimicking that bear (laughs) and slapping up and snarling like, that's it. That's your name. You're, you're, you're a Kodiak because they're talking about how a Kodiak bear wants it tastes, man, they've got to put it down because that's all it wants to eat. That's its preferred meal. I guess we taste pretty good. So (laughs) So that's how it came about, Kodiak. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, there's been a lot of spinoffs from that, you know, Pooh Bear, which is uh, uh, a good one. <laughs> when I get heavy on Pooh Bear, uh, I like to eat, guys. I mean, there's no um, there's no way around uh, that whatsoever. And that, the next time I'm the next time Fight to Win comes to Philly and you're there defending your belt, I'm just going to. I'm going to go up to you and be like, hey, man, I got a red shirt in this jar of honey. Could we do like a photo shoot with the bell? <laughs> can I keep the honey? You can keep the honey, yeah. Then i sold. I'm not going to tempt a Kodiak bear with honey and then take the honey away. All right? I mean, That's- good luck take getting it back. I mean, if I exactly. take the honey, I'm going to keep the honey. I'm going to yes. reach for the jar and then lose all the fingers on my left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's kick it back a little bit further then, you know, so you, you know, you're, you're a very eclectic individual. You've had a very long career in combat sports. How did you find your way to, you know, what came first, MMA or jujitsu? So uh, Taekwondo as a child. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. I I was bullied in grade school and uh, this kid was just kicking my ass at the pool. Um, And, you know, I do little league and he'd hit me with the ball. Uh, so I quit Little League. And every time I came up to bat, I mean, he just pounded me with the ball. It was horrible. And then we go to the pool and play kickball, and, and, and he beat the shit out of me there. And so my parents are like, you're not going to be a bitch. They go do Taekwondo. And so I did. Um, and, and I did Taekwondo, and, and, and I swam. Uh, and then that next summer, uh, he, uh, he came doing the same old shit, and I lit him up. Um, but it was so funny because I've never been in an actual fight before, right? I've only had my ass kicked up to that point. And uh, as I'm unleashed, you just key-opping. I start crying because I'm so emotional over the fact that this is this is happening. And he's like, he goes in the fetal position. So I stopped hitting him, of course, because he's not fighting back. And Okay, stop, stop, stop. And so he gets up and he's crying and I'm crying and we hug it out and became one of my good friends after that. Uh, but that's... 
but so I stayed with Taekwondo. I was with Taekwondo for about three years. Um, and I got my, uh, my first and then my second degree. Uh, and then, um, kind of put a hold on, on martial arts for a little bit until, until I had kids. And, and, and so we picked it back up and we started to do competitions together. And, um, that's how I, you know, found my way back to training martial arts before that. I just, was just weightlifting, right. I was moving heavy weight in the gym and eating iron and, you know, benching 500 pounds. And that, that was the cool thing to do, right. Just get big and, and all swelled up and, and move heavy weight. Um, 50 pound elephant steaks, just like nothing but chicken and broccoli <laughs> and cheese and butter on everything. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But I went, but I was training for powerlifting. So that's, uh, that's what I was looking to do. Um, and then I got uh, injured during a soccer game. I blew my hamstring. So it took me out of the meet. Um, and then I, I, I kind of just stayed with uh, going through the, the drills and the motions of being with the kids in Taekwondo. But um, that came to an end when my, uh, my ex-wife during our divorce skipped town with the kids. So it just took off. Oh, right? shit. Yeah, yeah. So – so um, I started to, to travel more for Taekwondo at this time. You know, it's it, it just just me and it's, you know, I'm no, no kids. No, I mean, it's just like one of those things where uh, we started to get away. And, and um, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it was to keep me centered, right? And then um, Kelly and I got involved and she started to be my, uh, my traveling buddy, right? So we, we just went everywhere. We just had a great time together. Um, and she got kind of pulled me out of this slump that I was in about what was going on with my kids and the Taekwondo tournaments. I was getting warned for excessive force at every single event, <laughs> every event. Um, but, uh, I put it together. I got uh, a state championship and a national championship. And then I'm like, you know, I'm, um, one of my buddies said, you should check out jujitsu. I mean, that's, uh, that's cause, Getting in the cage was on my bucket list, and so I went to jujitsu. And then, and I'm, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a national champ taekwondo. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck these guys up. Let's go, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I came in, I you know, I asked the, the instructor, I'm like, so do I wear my taekwondo belt? He goes, what belt? I'm like, oh, I'm black. He goes, no, no, you wear the white belt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so. My first class, he's like, okay, I go, I went through the, 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 the warm-up, which I thought I was going to die. Right. I mean, it was, you know, and it was just, it wasn't, we didn't do anything crazy. We just, you know, you, you jog, you got warm, you did your shrimp crawls, you did bear crawls, your sit outs and your break falls. And, you know, I, I honestly thought I was like, okay, that, that, that was awesome. Uh, it, it, are we done? And then we did technique, right? Which, which, you know, was confusing at the same time, but it was a fundamentals because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that um, uh, it, let's say this, it was, it was full of mostly white and blue belts. And then you had like a sprinkle of purple belts. So when, when we were done drilling, he grabbed these two small guys, uh, Joe Creighton, who was a purple belt at the time, and Damon Barton, who was a, a blue belt, two, uh, maybe I don't know, a couple stripes, whatever. But they were really small guys. I mean, uh, I think Joe's like 130 and, and Damon's like 150. And he said, during the line drill, you can only go with these two guys. So I would get up to the front of the line. I had to wait for them to open up. 
And so now I'm pumped up. I go in there and dude climbs on my back and chokes the shit up. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So I go back in and I come out of harder, whack, armbar. And the harder I came at him, the worse the submissions got. But I wouldn't, <laughs> but I wouldn't quit. I just come at him harder and harder and harder. And they beat the shit out of me. Um, but I, I went into the instructor's office a- afterwards, Robbie Giesler, and I, I'm like, okay, where do I sign up? Uh, so he's doing all the paperwork and and I see some gnarly dudes start walking through the door as they're cleaning the mats. And they're starting to stretch. I'm like, what's what are they here for? Well, that's the advanced class. Once you have two stripes on your white belt, you can start participating in that. Mm-mm. I'm not signing up until I can do that class too. And he said, no, man, you can't. It's not the way it works. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not signing up. And Robin, Robin's pretty easygoing guy, right? He's like, all right, fine. But here's the deal. You tap early and you tap often. Don't get hurt. Right. And, and he released me. And, and that's, that's how I, I jujitsu stuck. Um, now, I was introduced to jiu-jitsu initially back in the winter of 96 uh, for about three weeks. I got a taste of it. But, you know, I was really young. I was uh, 19, eight, yeah, 18 at the time, turning 19. And, you know, I had to pay dues. It's like, oh, hell no. I don't have money to pay. I'm a broke college kid. I don't have that shit. So, you know, I didn't stick around. But when I came back the second time, it stuck. And, and you know, it was just one of these things where, I mean, the technique, right? It doesn't matter how strong, if I could fight in another skill set. I mean, once these guys got a hold of me, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't break their grips. I couldn't keep them off my back. I just they, I just really want to quickly tie it back to something you said earlier, which is just what? like you're, you were getting beat up and then your parents just straight up told you, you're not going to be a little bitch ever again. And then I want to just go, and Kodiak never was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like he then he then proceeded to live a life of blood and combat. <laughs> Just damn! Like, do, you, do you ever think about how long you've been involved in combat sports and martial arts? Yeah, I mean, it started at it, you know once I was able to um, understand fighting a little bit, I fought a lot, and and you know coming up, I. Most of the fights I got into was because it was based upon um, bigger, stronger guys picking on, uh, you know, the wimps. Of, and, and I always jumped in for that. Um, you know, when I was a, a freshman in, in, in high school, this uh, I was there because I, I made the special teams. I was returning kicks. And this uh, junior was picking on one of my buddies who was just there as a, you know, to do water and whatnot. He was just being a real dick. And I had my helmet on. I'm like, come on, man. Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. And, and he grabbed my face mask and shook me around. Like, Fields, I'll kick your ass. I'm like, right. What I've just, you know, I got Josh out of the way. And, and this guy, Tim, was just like, after practice, you and me. I'm like, all right. And I was scared to death. I mean, this was a big dude, you know, big farm boy. He was a junior. I'm like, he's he's going to kick my ass. And we came out and the whole team's around us. And he comes out and throws this huge haymaker. And I just, I'm just like, hey, Ducked right under it and lit him up. And he came at me, oh, oh, and, oh, and just beat the shit out of him. And finally I hit him and his butt hit the ground. And, and he was like, oh, that's it. I'm done. And it was one of those things. It's like technique beats everything, right? Technique and, 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 and just understanding of the, the fundamentals. 
The Farmball only knew how to throw haymakers, right? That was the only thing in his toolbox. I had a little bit more striking. And so I was able to put him down. But I became kind of like that the school enforcer when it came to that shit. Looking after the um, guy. Well, about, no, I mean, our school, right? Like uh, when there were inter-school fights, I, I was always brought into that shit. So I fought a lot coming up. Um, but, it, you know, and it, it started because, you know, I, I can I empathize a lot with guys getting picked on. I mean, I got my ass kicked coming, coming up, right? And I can't stand that. I can't stand, stand to see bullying. I can't stand to see you know, men degrading their women. I mean, it's just, it's who I am, right? I'm going to say something. If, it, if it's happening in public, I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something. I mean, for, for reference to everybody, one, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, Kodiak looks like he might as well have enforcer tattooed on his forehead. Just, just to give you a point of reference. Yep, there we go. And he's got really warm <laughs> tattoos. Uh, but the, the, for, to speak on the second thing, when I was in, the first time I met you, I was interviewing you after you uh, defeated Tom DeBloss at Fight to Win Philadelphia. And the first thing out of your mouth when I asked you how you were feeling was just like, I'm feeling great. I love my family. My family is great. You know, they're my support system. <laughs> like, I love them. You, were, you were an afterthought. It was all about, you know, love the family unit. It's great. <laughs> well, and, and, and family to me just isn't my blood, right? Um, I, I have stepchildren who are, are just as, as you know, close to me is well, actually closer. Um, I'm closer to my stepchildren than I am my, my blood children at the moment. But you know how that goes with relationships and heaven flows. But um, the the family unit is is the team, right? And your jiu-jitsu team, you, you, you bleed and sweat and, and push through pain and, and your perceived limitations. The, the camaraderie is just so tight. And without my team, uh, my family unit, uh, I can't, I can't do any of that shit. Right. I can't, um, I can't achieve anything. And my wife is a huge part of that. My wife, Kelly is behind the scenes of what makes me who I am. And it's just, you know, when it comes to jujitsu, I can focus on what's in front of me, who's in front of me. I can study. I can block everything else out because she's got my back. I mean, everything else is squared away and it's, it, it's amazing. So you talked a lot about your, uh, your traditional martial arts background, uh, your Taekwondo martial arts background and, and, and the fact that you were a national champion in Taekwondo. And, you know, one of the things that is always something that I find a bit distasteful in the BJJ community is when you know practitioners of BJJ, purple belts, blue belts, all these guys talk down upon mm -hmm. traditional martial arts as if they are ineffective. And you know, I will say this as someone that is you know obviously a bit you know a bit steered towards the the efficiency of BJJ. I think it's undeniable the idea, the fact that we can train at the highest levels over and over again. Blah 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 blah. As far as like the effectiveness of BJJ, tell us a little bit about what you got from your traditional martial arts background that helped you or very similar to some of the things you might've got from BJJ to help you make you prepared for that BJJ transition. I think the biggest thing was respect. Um, you know, I learned to respect others. I learned to respect myself. I, I learned that I didn't need to know somebody in order to respect them. I can still be respectful. Right. And, and I think that has a lot to do with respecting myself as well. Um, then consistency and discipline, 
right? I learned that with practice made perfect. The Kata's taught me that, that it, it took repetition, it took uh, precision in order to advance. Um, when I came up, it wasn't like the schools that you see today. Uh, you actually had to earn that shit. If you, you messed up on your your forms or your your weapons or any part of your testing, they'd set you back, right? It was it wasn't about rushing you through, and um, I think that's that's huge, uh, especially in today, right? Where it's, it seems to be more about promoting everyone at at the right time, so we don't hurt feelings, so we can keep the revenue coming in, rather than uh, installing that that true. Um, I, I I don't want to say more. I think it's. It's a talent, right? It's a skill set. I think it's a it's a quality that we must have is being able to understand that it takes time and it takes hard work in order to earn what you want. And Taekwondo taught me the beginning of that, right? I I, I can't stand the the false sense of entitlement. Everyone feels like they they they're owed, right? Well, if you want it, go get it, right? Don't don't wait for somebody to give it to you because nobody's going to give you shit. Not nothing of value, right? You got to go out and earn the value. And the and the, on the other side of that is the idea of you have to earn it. Like you know, yes, you can achieve these things. You can go out there and get respect, but it's you have to go through the processes. You have to put in the time and you have to put the effort in to make it to make yourself get there. And I think the one thing when I think about the differences between taekwondo and in jujitsu on that level is that the respect is earned a little bit through more, more through combat as opposed to repetition you know and and, 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 and again i 100 do not discount the effectiveness of, of conventional martial arts I, I praise anyone that comes up to me and says hey look i've got my kid i want to put him in martial arts first of all i said well you should put him in bjj because you're going to get a little more real life application out of that but do not discount the life lessons, the goal attainment, the idea of working hard towards a particular goal in life, and you get that stripe if you do things right, that any martial arts, the respect that you learn, any martial arts, traditional or non-traditional, is going to get you there. I just think that the difference between you know, traditional martial arts and more BJJ is the fact that you have to actually go out there and you know, blood, sweat, and tears on the mat to get that next promotion as opposed to just – focusing on the, the technique versions of it. simply because you just can't do it in Taekwondo. You can't kick each other in the face all full go, you know, eight hours a day, four, three you hours could. a day. You, know, you, you could. Die. You, you might have mush mouth. Yeah, but you, you, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not sustainable, right? And, I, and that's the biggest reason why I stopped the striking martial arts. Right. Um, I, I, I personally now think Taekwondo is an inferior martial art because I put it to test. Right. I came into MMA class as a white belt, right? I mean, I, I went to every class. So I went through two jiu-jitsu classes Monday through Friday. And then we did Muay Thai and MMA practice afterwards. And, and so, you know, I brought my, my side style tournament Taekwondo and, and those Muay Thai guys lit up my front leg. I mean, just, whew, it was on fire and I didn't know anything about it right now. I could catch them off with some crazy shit like ax kicks and crescent kicks and, you know, some unconventional striking as well. But as a martial art, you know, um, from my experience, I, I Taekwondo is one I, I kind of throw out, right? We can we can take the same kicks and you can you can implement like a front kick, a teep, you know, same type of concept, right? Yeah. Uh, to keep distance with opponents. I mean, there are plenty of things that we can take away from it. But to start over again, it would be 
Muay Thai, wrestling, judo, and jujitsu. Yeah, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing worthless. I always see guys. I see a lot of guys that are, you know, that are high level Taekwondo athletes or high level karate athletes. And I say to myself, you know, that guy could put his hand through five bricks. Like if he hits you with that, you're in trouble. It's just yeah. a question of can he do that can before I can take him down to the ground, or can he do that against a resisting opponent to try to hit him back? Yeah. And the answer most of the time, and I don't want to say all the time, but most of the time it's going to be no, simply because you're not accustomed to doing it under the duress. Again, like like blood sports, the brick don't hit back. You know, right. you know well, right? well, yeah. And, and and the other part of that is, you know, when when we were training MMA, I would eat shots to get a hold of my training partners. Right, right? I didn't care. Because I knew, I'm like I, I, I know the hands coming. I know the knees coming. Uh, I got a couple scars from it, <laughs> um, but I still took them down, and that's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to do stand up anymore. I wanted to grapple. I want to be on the ground, and you know, I want to hit them on the ground, be on top, uh, and and look for my submission. I use strikes only to set up uh, my submissions, my shots. Uh, once I got a hold of jujitsu, that's really all I wanted to do. And my cage fights, and you'll see that my cage fights. I, uh, I didn't get hit my first two cage fights because my jujitsu, my Gracie jujitsu, right, was was so good at, at you know the clinch and and keeping my head tight, and making sure I couldn't didn't take any damage. Um, the effectiveness of jujitsu, particularly in a situation where you're in a one-on-one position in, in, in a cage fight, it's perfect. There's not yeah. there's not a better martial art designed for a one-on-one. Well, Right. I mean, we and we and we continue to prove it in, in the UFC. Right. You know, from, from, yeah, you, you'll, you'll see a couple guys come through. Um, you know, with, with uh, karate and uh, in, in in wrestlers with uh, ground and pound, but for the most part of it, you know, jujitsu is a, a major part in in every UFC champion's arsenal. Yeah, even if even if you have an understanding of a grappling art or striking art and you succeed in UFC, even these guys still have, you have to be aware of jujitsu. Even if you're not a jujitsu guy, if you don't understand where a triangle comes from, or you don't understand where an arm bar comes from, or you don't understand how to get out of the mound, you're, 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 you're done before it started. You might as well. Like, there's no such thing anymore. I say this all the time is the specified fighters. It's just, yeah. you, you better be a complete fighter or just, or just, or just turn it off. I mean, I, agree. I, I think that there are like, having style preferences is good you know like having things that you hunt for is good but being married to that is what look at me talk like i fucking know what i'm doing i'm, doing, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking dealing with like two black belts of one more shit than i could win and maybe you you you, you 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 uh, you probably watch more fights than i have you, you like i know you i would know you well enough to know that you you go home all night long and all you do is watch fights you talk about fights you you do the whole thing. You guys, I, you I mean, it's to the point where my, my wife might leave me if I don't sh- find other things to talk about. But, well, should she be studying right now anyway? I mean, yeah, no, she's studying, honey. No, she's focusing yeah. on her thing. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about you were talking about that, you know, traditional martial arts when you were doing them back in the day aren't like the way they are now. You know, there was a stricter right. adherence that's decayed over time. In your opinion, do you think jujitsu runs the risk of a similar kind of degrading of standards? Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. I I mean, you you, you do see McDojos, right? I mean, they exist where there is a, um, you know, if the only requirement for getting promoted is attendance, that's a problem, right? And jujitsu, there are areas where it's been watered down. Um, there's been dojo storms, right? We've seen that where 
somebody has claimed to be a black belt and, and you know, guys have showed up and, and put it on. Um, we see less of that, which is good. I don't know if it's still happening, but I think it's, it's good to, to I, the whole concept of a dojo storm goes back to, to Brazil, right? So I don't see a huge issue with it as long as it's done somewhat respectful, right? But it's, it, it's kind of hard to be respectful when you're calling out somebody else's rank. Uh, I mean, but at the same time, if, if somebody doesn't step up and say what you're doing is fraud, because that's what it is, it's fraud, um, then people are going to be uh, subject to it, right? You're going to have victims of that fraud. You're going to have people who think they're learning jujitsu and it, they're not, they're paying for it. That is the definition of fraud. Delusion of the art is the term I like to use in that one. Delusion. Yeah, delusion. Delusion. Yeah, deluding. Delusion. I can't think of it. Disillusion. I love it. Disillusion of the art. Yeah. Disillusion of the art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think everything is subject to it, right? And unless you have the community keeping that in check, and I think that for the most part, we do a good job at regulating it because we don't have a true governing body like other other sports do. But uh, well, we got the IBJJF and like you know the ADCC guys, but that's like really yeah. it's it's nothing comparable to you know like the NHL, NFL, MLB, right, right, right. like those guys. Um, also, that I'm thinking my AP style is king in, and I think it might be the looting of the art. I think that might be the proper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we just around right. it. That's the that's the proper term for it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> no yeah. problem. I'm I'm a much better editor when I have something written in front of me. I, I need time <laughs> to put my thoughts on paper. No, you bring up a you bring up an excellent point, right, Bradley? I mean, about the other marsh or the other um, professional organizations. They they have like the MLB, for example, where you have teams. That's where I'd like to see jujitsu go, a pro team, right? And you have meets between teams you have quads you have you have duels you have you have invite tournaments you have opens but you know every team has their their squad they got to fill that particular weight class male and female and masters right kids put your squad together and and make when that uh, Wagner started to do something like Wagner, that. Wagner. a lot of guys yeah. if the quintets do something like that but it's, yeah. it's a little bit different format with the quintet i like the idea of what you talk about with the signified weight class it's just like you do a wrestling dual meet yes or a wrestling uh, invitational meet and then you have guys from each weight class competing versus other opponents and then you round them up and the guy the team that has the most mm -hmm. wins or the most points verifiable depending on you get so many points for a win by points you get so Perfect. many points by by, by submission mm -hmm. and so on and so forth like dual meets like that i think are an amazing concept and I, i'd like to see that start to to evolve into the professional jiu-jitsu circuit but jesus there's so many fucking variables in the jiu-jitsu I, I, and i think people well, like people are torn. Why is there go ahead i'm sorry I, i'm sorry I, I, just, I just think that people are torn between wanting to get into jiu-jitsu for like the individual accolades of it for the self-improvement rather than you know joining to be a part of a team or an organization you know i think well, that that's the needle yeah. you got to thread you know yeah, it, it, but this is i mean this isn't for that purpose this is for the purpose of creating a higher level of competition at a um, at a professional level right between teams you you can have plenty of teams that want to 
submit and, and you simply go in and, and then you just match the schedules, right? Boom, boom, boom. You start launching duels, but it would be so easy to say, okay, Baja, you know, you guys can put as many teams as you want or up to, you know, maybe you, you cut it into the country into quads and, in each team and each one of those quads. And, and then what you'll have is you'll have in-house tournaments to see who's going to be on it, right? Which is another revenue producing machine for the team. You, you, you then create the team and then everyone goes to the headquarters for that team to train. Boom. Right. I, I like that concept too. I, I have an, a vision of, you know, ESPN. I still in my yes. brain. I think about the like you know. Now that we have the UFC, we got Fight Pass on 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 ESPN. The UFC is a part of of a part of ESPN now. You like, I have this vision in my in my mind all the time of like you know the eleven thirty slot on ESPN two, just like you would see old you know Taekwondo shows, and you still do. I see an old like professional jujitsu circuit creeping out on ESPN someday, and it's just like my dream of dreams to see us break it through to that point and i think that the team sports would be a, a viable uh, option to do that so talking yeah. about team sports um obviously you come from spice sports fight sports and yeah. when we talk about you know premier teams in the martial arts world right or the, the jiu-jitsu world right now i i don't think there's too many other teams out there aside from fight sports auto so you've got like maybe check mat and you yeah. know the Dan Hertz squad that they're not uh -huh. as much of a team. There's only about four or five of them out there that compete sporadically. But when you talk about teams that compete both in gi and no gi, I don't think there's too many names that come before fight sports, particularly right now. Now, tell us a little bit what it's like just being in that room of, of, it's of, of champions. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing atmosphere. The the vibe is something that did something I've never felt before anywhere, and it's. Uh, it's positive. It's just uplifting and it's, and there's intensity, right? So you get all of that on the mat and then you look at the talent that Matt is so deep yeah. and a lot of those guys don't compete and, and they're badasses. Like there are a couple guys in there that, that don't ever compete. They just beat the hell out of me. Yeah, there's tough guys in the room. You see a lot of oh, that yeah. guys that are just like, yeah, you know, we got a couple of black belts at, at our gym too. that are just like, you know, we don't, they never compete. But you know, like if that dude wanted to, he'd win the trials, or you know, he could oh, sure. anybody in a submission yeah. only match. He doesn't care. He's just, ah, I just like to, I just like, to try yeah, just don't feel like competing. Got other shit going on. You got families, good work, career, you know, other shit. This yeah. competing is not important to them, but they show up and they keep us ready, right? right? And I think that's the other part of of what makes our mat so special is you know, even if you don't have a mat, if you don't have a match coming up or a tournament on the books, you're still. You're there to help everybody else. And, and everyone is focused on that one goal, right? It's all about how can we all get better? And we, we, we just push each other way beyond our limitations or our perceived limitations. There are times where we're in a workout and there's like, I'm done. That is just it. And I'll have, you know, Fernie, a, a, a foot volley player, start yelling at me, right? I mean, seriously. And he's like probably a uh, 170 soaking wet, right? And he, uh, he he just pushes, push, push, push. Let's go. Come on. It's fight week. Let's go. And, and it's just awesome that we've got we've got athletes, professional athletes from from other sports that actually join us specifically for our strength and conditioning training. But the mat 
our pro training, it's it's awesome. It's something you definitely have to experience, Gallagher, when you come in town, man. You got you got to come train with us. Yeah, man. I I, I keep saying it. I, I want to come down there and train with you guys. I, I had this year's been a shit year, man. I blew my knee. Out. I had a, a stress fracture my knee, never really got better, and I'm still COVID and all the other things like that. They were coming. Did you up, get COVID? Right? I did. I had it. Uh, I had it right before Thanksgiving, but just with the, the world ending with COVID and everything falling apart, like my training is kind of taking a backseat. I've been doing a lot of private lessons. I'm looking to open up my own gym. No excuses. The point of it is, is I have wanted to come down there and train with you guys. I know yeah. Tiger pretty well and Cyborg. You know, I kind of know him. A little you bit, you were here this weekend and you didn't stop by. Well, I know. I, you know, it's funny. I actually Seriously. went by on Sunday. I I drove through for a second. I was with Bill uh, English, Bill. I drove yeah. by for a second to say hi to Danino, uh, Dennis, just, to, yeah. just for a minute. I drove up, but I actually got mm -hmm. to see the room. I may come down on Friday. I think I'm going to come down early this week. The, the fight to win's Friday night. I think I'm going to yeah. come down on Thursday and get a yeah. little training in on Friday. So if you want to get a little training in on Friday, man, let me know. But I'd love to roll with you, man. You big son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Kevin Gallagher calls out fight to win champion Kodiak. Fuck all that shit. Oh, my God. Please don't kill Kevin me. Kodiak <laughs> isn't shit, and he could beat him whenever? What? What is this? Oh, my God. You know, you know I'm not going to lie to you. There might have been a small inkling. Of, you know, I, I bet I could give that guy a run until I saw you personally. I'm like, you're so big. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. Come so, on. Oh, it's my size. It can't be my jujitsu. It's got to be because uh, I'm big. No, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, and, are saying that it's because I'm big. Big no, guy. No, no, no. I don't mean that. And your jujitsu is top notch. You're <laughs> watching. You have, a, you have a very particular style. You know, in that fight sports style, is perfectly mm. geared towards your uh, your physical attributes. You know, you guys are grinders, uh -huh. man. You come at it hard. You pressure, pressure, passing. Everything is that old school style mm. of jujitsu. Tell us a little bit about your particular style of jujitsu. Things that you use. Your 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 template for success. I'm a smash guy, man. I just I just want to I want to get on top. I'm gonna stay on top, and I just want to smash my opponent until he gives me a submission, whether it be right. a, a limb or the neck. Um, it's, that's, that's my plan. I, I, I used to like to get into the guard for, for competition. And it's just <laughs> playing guard in pro training. It doesn't make me feel confident in my guard. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're a top smash. Now don't get me wrong. We've got plenty of guys. I mean, Cyborg's guard's amazing. I've never passed it. I've never, you know, we've got plenty of guys that are just, they're guard, like Doria. Um, I mean, I could go down the list of, of, of the, the I, Wagner. I've never passed Wagner's guard. You know, that's painful experience trying to pass Wagner's guard. <laughs> but I feel like you'd lose, you'd risk losing a tooth trying to pass that guy's guard. <laughs> no, nah, you lose a tooth trying to take Wagner down for sure. Yeah. Damn. So, so, I, okay. So Wagner and I are training, this is a while back and, and I'm working my takedowns and I'm pulling some off and I'm thinking, okay, all right, let's, Let's go after this, right? So Wagner and I go, and and I'm trying to set my shit up, and he's just, you know, I'm shooting and he's out, and I get a hold of him and he's gone, and it's just so hard to just get, and I'm getting some deep penetration and just he's out and he's laughing at me and he's popping me and he's and he collar tying me and he's just wearing me out, bro, and he's talking shit as I'm missing my shots. <laughs> He gets inside your head better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Oh, so see, oh yeah, he does, and he it mentally, I was like, no, I I can't take him down. I can't. Yeah. So I sat guard, 
It was the that was a, a really that bad. Was, that was, that that was worse. I feel <laughs> like Wagner's psychological warfare is just next level. Like when it's I was nuclear. I was reporting at fight uh, at fight to win during your match against the Bloss and. Uh, uh, in the Blossom's corner, Miguel Benitez was just yelling like, "You, Tom, you've got him, you've got him!" And I hear Wagner just go, "No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good." <laughs> Seth, like, Seth you came know? over. Seth came over and started coaching because he was getting out coached that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. The, the, the thing about Wagner, like, he, first of all, he's just special. You know, there's there's right. guys out there who just look at it and say that guy's special. It's his desire. I've been watching Wagner compete for years. He used to come up to Tampa and compete against a bunch of our guys in Tampa a long, long time ago. My head instructor Matt Arroyo and had some classic wars. I used to watch him go against AJ Agazon back in the day before EJ was here. <laughs> AJ had just got his black belt. I've seen some of the 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 I I was ring I was Matt's side on the uh, I actually competed on the fight to win card when he kicked AJ off the stage Spartan style. <laughs> That was awesome. The that thing about really Wagner awesome. is, yeah, it is pretty awesome. It literally, I mean, <laughs> Seth will be the first one to tell you. He talks about that particular match and that night. It's not, it's really a dubious distinction, but that's what put Fight to Win on the map. No one really knew what the hell Fight to Win was until, holy shit, did Wagner just awesome. kick AJ off the stage? <laughs> like, 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 uh, like, a, Who do like, we a, have to thank for this happening. <laughs> but the thing about Wagner is, first of all, his, his will to win is unmatchable. But it's the little things, the intangibles. He has that wily old veteran kind of style, and it's balances. It's like a cat. I've never seen anyone have the amount of balance and the this. He can stand on one leg, put his leg behind his head. They stand him straight up in the air, and he just figures out like a cat how to get back up to his feet again. It's 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 really fun to watch. Back one of my favorite guys, and one of my favorite guys to watch compete, man. Yeah, and, and and still, I mean, he's so impressive for being as old as he is. I mean, he's exactly. a, he's becoming a, an old man, yeah. and you can yeah. tell from all the gray in his beard uh, 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 how old he's getting. Yeah, <laughs> it's all salt and pepper, and it's getting the, the gray is spreading. It's I'm right, I'm right there with him. I'm starting to notice it. In pictures of <laughs> that's that's why I shave. I shave. <laughs> I don't mind the salt and pepper. I I, I dig the distinguished look. It's, yeah, uh, I'm all salt, bro. It's all salt. <laughs> No pepper. No I mean, pepper. I've, I've like, I've given up wearing hats on the show just because it's obvious that I'm trying to hide the pattern baldness, baldness that's coming in. So I'm like, I'm probably two days away from. Well, how, show, how far does it go back? Show us. It's, it's pretty far back. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Forward going. I've known ever since. I've, I've looked at my family. I've known this was going to happen. My brother's the guy that's going to keep his hair forever. You know, so it's just a good. Thank Sean, you win. You know, if you ever do watch this, good, good for you. Um, yeah, if you, I, I think a lot of people who weren't already aware of you became uh, aware of you after that match with Tom. So, like, would leading up to that, how were you feeling? You know, going against uh, a guy with uh, as many accolades and as he was literally introduced as Jersey's favorite son, which you know. Jersey doesn't like any. True. I think I might, yeah. doesn't like any son. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. I felt I felt great. I felt dominant. Right. Um, I, I I've studied Tom. He's uh, he's put out a lot of material. I watched him compete. Um, he is uh, you know he's a dangerous person when he gets into his positions, and I knew that I just stayed out of those positions. Right. If he can't, if he can't get it started, his entanglements, then 
then then I'm going to be fine. And I, I had a lot of confidence in in my smash passing style, uh, understanding that you know he likes that underhook, he likes that drag from from half guard, but more than anything else, he wants to get underneath and elevate and start working on legs. So we just trained the hell out of it. But we also trained those worst case scenarios, right? Wagner and I uh, did strategy sessions uh, three, four times a week for that fight. So I was training uh, pro training, wrestling in the morning. Uh, and then I would do Wagner's in the evening. Wagner made me start 50-50 and X. And I mean, I had to get, start in the worst positions and, and drill the escapes and drill the counters. So we were ready for, if Tom got there, we were, we were ready to handle it and use it as a method of passing. Um, you know, there were a, mo a couple moments in that match where I, I saw the pass and I didn't capitalize on it, which is why, you know, Tom and I are talking about possibly doing another one. But the fact of the matter is, is that the game plan was just so good, right? I had, I had the, the masterminds of our squad architect it. And at the, at the moment when, when I took the match, I was starting to drop weight. But, you know, knowing that Tom's not going to play a wrestling game with me, right, I just packed it back on. I was 250 for Tom. I mean, he had to push that. I mean, that's – and barreling down, right? I mean, it's – there's only so many times you can push that off you. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Was there ever a moment, like, you know, because I, I talk about this a lot. There's, 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 there's pivotal moments in people's lives when they kind of – recognize that they deserve to be there i always use that as as, as, a, as like a standard jumping off point like you know I, I think about uh you know eight nine years ago i can't remember it was i did the uh the trials in miami and i finished third and it's the first time i had ever competed in a in a legitimate tournament you know what i mean something that was like wow this isn't just you know the copa down the street this is an actual you know big time big league tournament with big league competitors and i think of that moment and then i had my other match with boogie that i i lost you know, in, in overtime, but it was an amazing match. I hung with Blake Martinez, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think of those matches as opportunities where I tell myself, you know what, man? Like, I deserve to share the stage with these big guys. Like, I, I might not be as good at them, but you know what, man? I could compete with them. Like, I can go out there and I can give these guys a run. And who knows? Like, I could beat them if I, if, the, if the world was right. Like, I deserve to walk in those in those halls. Like, was there ever a moment with you, like particularly leading up to Tom, that you feel like, oh man, maybe that you know Tom is this legendary figure? Am I am I worried about this? Is am I, do I really have what it takes to do this? Am I just kind of showing up just because to be that old shucksure guy? Like, was there ever a moment in your life when you when you kind of realized, hey man, I, I deserve to be here. I should be on that big stage and doing these big things. So so the moment, the first time I had a moment where I didn't deserve to be there was at Gracie Worlds when I was a brown belt um, and I was competing as an adult and the first day I won the finals uh, via heel hook because you could heel hook in the heat and I had like a uh, how long was that match 45 minutes something like that it was crazy long right um, and then the following day was Nogi and so Rose Gracie said okay let's let's put you in the black belt division like, all right let's go and uh, I went with Kong. You guys remember Kong? He is, uh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> he does. It's perfect. 
kind of like Cody actually. Right? <laughs> if I weren't manscaped, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a bear. Yeah, of course <laughs> that is. <laughs> so, so Kong and I were going back and forth, um, and I kept stepping out of the sweeps, and he would step out of mine, and so um, you know, I sat guard him again, and I came up for my half guard, and he grabbed and put a, a Muay Thai clinch on me, and just did a curl. And I, I felt a, a pain shoot from the top of my neck all the way through my ass and both my my toes went numb and I'm like, that, that, that's it. All right, cool. And it was it was that that, that moment where I'm, I'm looking around, you know, I'm like, this is, you know, uh, Hanger was in the division. Um, uh, who else was there? Uh, a, a couple of races, of course. And, but, it, you know, I just felt that, you know, I'm not ready. I don't belong here yet. Right. This is. I stepped, I stepped into the deep end and then I went and and she let me jump into the brown belt bracket and won my first match in the second match going against the 10 planet guy. And he brought his knees in real hard as I was passing and split my, my eye open. And, and so uh, we're wrapping it up and um, Eddie Bravo comes over and he's like, Oh man, that's nasty shit. I'm like, yeah, it is. Let's wrap it up. And my wife said that that's no, that needs stitches you're you're done you know you got your worlds here you don't need the no gi it's time to go and, and i listened to it. It, it it was pretty gnarly it was pretty bad yeah how, how many times <laughs> my wife's like she it, it was 10 stitches chad it was <laughs> tell, tell her we said hi tell the boys say hi <laughs> uh, the kevin say hello my love um yeah she, she's like you better tell him it was 10 stitches <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's a gnarly 10 stitches is a gnarly cut. That's especially up. No, man, I mean, but that's it, right? I mean, I I, I came for to win a, uh, the Gracie Worlds. I did it. I, I I had, you know, a huge cape in my eye. And it, she's like, that's it. That's it. It's done. Um, but anyway, you know, the the moment where I felt that I that I, I knew that I was supposed to be there is when I fought Roberto Godoy in my first uh Pan Am's as a black belt and i beat my, my first two opponents to get to the semifinals and i fought Godoy. Godoy um went for a foot sweep and i was thinking about pulling guard on him and and boom i just kind of fell but got caught in between us so we got the initial two right and then i got to my position and i swept him um and as i swept him he went for his his clock choke, right? Um, his famous Godoy choke. And then I came out of it and then I did, boom, he swept me back. And so I ended up losing that match for uh, two, right? Uh, made the podium. And then we went into the open and I tore a hole through my side of the bracket. I was on a mission uh, to meet Godoy in the finals. So uh, in the finals, um, you know, I wasn't real confident in my takedown. So I, I pulled guard on him. And we took it to ref decision and he ended up winning that. So, but that, at that moment, I'm like, yeah, I, this is, I'm here now. Let's, let's get this done. That's awesome. And, so yeah, quick, yeah. quick follow-up to that. This is, this is the interest. I'm, I'm curious about this myself, even more, more so than the folks at home. Like, was it a motivating factor to recognize that maybe your game wasn't ready enough for the world? Did that help you when you were doing the Gracie world where you're like, well, you know, and you got destroyed moving up the black belt division. Was it a motivating factor or was it discouraging? Did it push you to become 
the grappler that you are, those defeats, those setbacks, if you use that to motivate yourself. A hundred percent. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, live in the, the misery of the defeat. I don't let that, uh, it doesn't consume me. For me, it's, uh, it pisses me off. Right. And then it makes me analyze it. I analyze my losses more than anything else. I'm sure everybody's like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm going to fix that, that gap. I'm going to plug the hole of that bad bullshit that I, that I did. I've got to, got to cut it out and I've got to replace it technique. Um, if, if you wouldn't mind, I, I'd love to capitalize on this train of thought real quick. Do and I, obviously you don't want to dwell on, you know, losses, you know, in a negative way, but have there been any specific losses in your career that have really taught you a lot, like that have stuck with you in a really powerful way? <sighs> Um, yeah, there's been, there's been a few of them, right. Where I've, um, Toledo open as a purple belt. I was on a tear and, you know, I would get really fired up for my, my matches. I went to a local tournament almost every other week, right. There was always competing and I would get like all pumped up, like, you know, want to hurt the person, like psych myself up to like this dude, rape my mother. I'm going to rip out his heart type of shit that seriously i would go to a dark place before i compete and slap myself ah, and get all and you know, you know you'll see that come out here and there but not to the degree not even to a fraction of the degree that it was back in those days where i would just manifest this anger before i would compete um and one of my training partners uh bj nelson uh competes very uh, uh very fluid and very relaxed and he's um, uh, beautiful jiu-jitsu, right? Not not so much there to force, but to play the game. And you know, he mentioned that you know you might want to try to implement a little bit of it. And I've seen how well he was doing, and I'm like, all right, cool. So I came into this tournament all lazadaisical and calm, and I got my ass kicked. It's just not me. I mean, I I lost uh, the gi, I lost the no gi. Um, I got beat by I think it's uh, Matt Gerber up in uh, up at uh, Dion School at Braza, um, and I lost to his teammate. Uh, so you know those guys kicked my butt that day, and I was dejected. I mean I, I cried. Went back in the, the hallway and I just cried. And I you know, called my coach and uh, talked about it. And you know it's uh, the mindset, right? It's not my mindset. And you know everything else was right. Nutrition was on point. I was training hard. It just didn't come in. The mind, the mind is very, very powerful. I think that that is the most powerful thing we have. And I think we, you know, when we get in these situations where we apply our mind to improvement, which is what happened right there, right? I'm like, this is it. I've got to, I got to fix this right here. And I just, you know, it purged it. It was done. By the time we got home and had dinner. The negativity aspect was done and the positive aspects. It was all about, you know, keep the positive mindsets and, and keep driving forward. And, and I think that that was, it was one of those moments, right? Where I recognized how I need to bring the action. And I don't deviate from that now. It's when I come in, I, I come, come in to fight, right? It's going to be a fight. You know, we're, we're going to throw down. We're not for those, for the, the moments before the fight, we're not friends. Don't fucking talk to me. I don't. I don't want to chit chat. I'll shake your hand, you know. But I'm gonna go over here and do your thing. And we're gonna fight. Let's let's see what's up. And then afterwards, uh, hug it out and congratulate you. And you know, I'll see you next time. Go have a beer and a steak. 
That's, right. what, that's exactly why I am too, man. Like I, I don't when I don't I don't I don't prescribe when people come up to me like in the bullpen at the worlds or something like that. Hey, I got you next. I'm that's great. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. In my opinion, that is like normalizing a situation of friendship. Like you, I get that. It's all about love. And believe me, when I compete, I'm fierce. But I'm also cool. You know, I'm also like it's a loving environment. I have no no freaking. I, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to destroy your life. But I also want to win. And when I'm against you in a competitive manner, like, hey, we're cool. I'll shake your hand for a second, but beat it. Like, don't sit over chit-chatting to me. I I don't want to think of you as anything else but an obstacle until after the match. I've never never had the misfortune of meeting competition, Kev G. But I was making a a compilation video of our podcast, like, in its first year. And in doing that, I came across a video he put out for it. He posted for a promotion he was uh, fighting under at the time when he was talking about his opponent. And he's winning. I don't know know this guy. I don't like this guy. I'm like, I don't. Kev is nice. Who's this guy? Uh, you have to remember too that in that particular. Oh yeah, that, no, I get it. But it's, just, it's, freaking, uh, it's an important dis- switch that happens. I think for a lot of people in combat sports, you know, like Max Holloway has never mean to any of his opponents, but he's still like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna go in there and set records, you know, and then I'm gonna set records on your face. And then I'll go immediately after. I'll be like, "Hey, we're we're cool." Yeah, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> the yeah. Set records on your face. <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. But Chad, I, I know I know you have uh, a big match coming up this week, and I'll be down there commentating for the fight to win on uh, on Friday night, and uh, I'm super excited about it. Um, tell us a little about your opponents, a little bit about what you got planned for us. Uh, you getting excited. You're getting, getting warmed up for it. You're ready, ready to get this thing done. Kevin, he backed out. Oh, no way. Really? Get out <laughs> out of today. Today. Today being January 18th for future prosperity. That sucks, dude. Oh, that sucks. So is there a replacement search going on or is it just? There, a- is a re- of course there's a replacement. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Maybe freaking uh, maybe I'll talk to Seth and see about something. I I I I I'm not, I love you. If I was in any way, shape, or form in shape for it, I would do it. I love you. I got the match. Of that there's a vintage, like there could be a, pu- pu- a situation where our cross our paths cross. So you know what I mean. We don't have to pretend. I mean, like if you want it, tell we could let's yeah, no, patch no, Seth in and see if he'll say I am so not in shape, you know, and I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like I am just not sounds in like that an excuse right it now. Sounds like yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 you're good, man. I like that. I like but I will look I'll look around. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can help South out. Maybe find something. No, I got it. I already have a match. It's oh, Tyler. Got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Marco sent me a message on Friday, um alluding that he was gonna be canceling, right? right. And you know, there were there there potentially at first were some hurdles presented that uh, needed to be well defined so that we could clear them. Uh, it just didn't happen, and you know, so we canceled it. It is what it is. Um, Tyler King, who is a fight to win vet, the dude's had so many fight to win matches. Um, he's he's my next opponent, so he uh, he's coming after my belt. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I cannot have it. 
<laughs> well, obviously, I'm sure you've been training your ass off for this. I'm sure that uh, the, the boys down there at Fight Sports have been putting you through. Uh, putting you through. Uh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they put in front of you right now. Let's go. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's um, we are, uh, you know, the, t- today we were we were going over things that were nowhere related, related to what my original game plan was. And, and it's, you know, it's about the overall development of the map. Right. And for me, the, the education that's presented, it's like, I, you know, the old me would have been like, oh, well, that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm looking at for the weekend. I'm not going to know. So this is knowledge. I need this in my game. Right. right? I'm going to soak that up. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, that it, and that's, it, it's really, um, we don't get narrow minded in, in, in that aspect. We focus on this, where we want to put the game and the strengths, right? And we play to our strengths. And then we also prepare for theirs more than anything else. Like we are just, we're ready for them to bring that noise, right? That heat, the, their, their nuclear arsenal, we got the defense to it and then we're going to inflict ours and that, and that's the plan, right? And does their camp have a better plan is the question. And that's why we fight. Let's figure it out. Well, I definitely want to bring this up before we close out. I know you got to go back to, uh, you know, guarding your honey from any poachers that might want to come get it. But that is a very decorated and full robustly. So shelf right behind you. And you said that just represents your, your activity from 2020, uh, 2020. Am I correct? So the belt right and down is 2020. Okay. And then, um, there, there's, uh, there's one, there's one bronze medal that isn't presented there. Uh, we don't, we don't put bronze on a wall. It doesn't go there. Up here, all this here is, um, my gold and silver from the past three years. From, so it's all, only black belt in this room now. So I used to have, go ahead. Is the plan to hold off on winning until you get another shelf? You know, just because uh, I, I, I have more shelves. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I got, got a whole, got a whole oh, okay. yeah. There's pictures there. We can move pictures. <laughs> I tell you, the one award, the, the fight to win belt is awesome. But I think the one award I think is, is probably the most prestigious is the one that's behind your, your head on the wall. Back oh, there, the black, the uh, the third place. I saw that. You wouldn't. So that yeah. was third place in uh, the black belt division total points, correct? Yeah. So that was uh, Nogi uh, 20, uh, 2019-2020. Um, and it, it <laughs> I, I was just a few points away from from second. Um, had American Nationals locked in, and the uh, the place that we're in, we just moved right. Um, they finally got us through the process. It took a month longer than initially anticipated because they were changing their management. So the, the association was going through a, a literal administration complete unplug and the people that were there didn't want to do shit and the, the new people weren't there yet. And so long story short, the move got pushed back. When we finally got notice, it was over American Nationals weekend. So, you know, now it's one of these things, right? I'm so happy that I made the right decision because whatever could go wrong did go wrong with the move. And, and you know, so funny story. We, uh, we came through 
And, and it's like, okay, they wouldn't remove the furniture. They wouldn't replace the carpet, but they would reimburse us to do those things. So the first people that came over were the, the uh, Jewish community where they, uh, they, you donate it, they do whatever with it. So he came over and only took half the shit. So the other half had to get out of there. So I got a, a moving truck and the carpet guys coming over. So I had the carpet guys load up the furniture and I take it to the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army says, we don't want this shit. Get out of here. So then they point me to the dump and I go up to the dump. He goes, let me see your ID. Show me that. He's like, you're at the wrong dump. Like, what do you mean at the wrong dump? Because your dump's over there. Get the fuck out of here. So, whoa, easy. No, truck and get the fuck out of here. Okay, can, can, you, can you just help me out? Where, where is it? No, no, no. Fuck out. Get out of here. <laughs> just cursing at me. And, and listen, he's the guard of the dump. That's his dump. There's, there's nothing I can do about it, right? Taking this job a bit too seriously, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I try, so I try to talk to him. There was no, there was, he was incorrigible. There was no speaking to this man. Right. If I addressed him, it was get the fuck out of here. There's only he was on repeat. So I got in the truck and go and got out. And I'm just fuming at this point, right? And I stopped the truck before I left. I'm like, that's something. I'm like, no, what? Why? You can't say there's nothing you can say to that man, right? There's you know, there, he is he is the king of his castle. Any any further engagement will create a confrontation where I'm in the wrong, period. It's time to go. <laughs> and so I do. And we have both pickup where we're currently living. So I call my wife and I told her what's going on. I'm like, I'm going to go back to the house and I'm going to load this stuff right in front of our home and ball pickup. We'll get it on Monday. No problem. Like a good wife. She's like, I'll meet you there. Help you unload that truck. So roll that truck up and I've got two sofas. I've got two tables. I've got nightstands and lamps and, and a bunch of pillows and, and I, and it's all in this back of this 16 foot truck. And I ripped all that shit out and I stacked it up like Tetris and just, just every, all my negative energy and got it out of that entire workout. Boom. And, and when you looked at it, it was stacked perfectly. It looked like seriously Tetris and furniture. And boom, I turned it, turned all that negative bullshit into something positive. My wife's pulling up. She's like, all right, let's go. I'm like, no, now we go to the U-Haul. And she done. Mission accomplished, right? So many positive things. But the point being is like, if I were at American Nationals right. and my wife had to deal with that shit, <laughs> I might not have made the move. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, dope, brother, man. Like, you're awesome, man. Super cool to have you on the show, man. Like, uh, it was a good time hanging out with you. Kev, you got anything else? I'm sorry. I, don't mean to I'm, I guess it just, uh, you know, you've already accomplished a ton and you've got a lot of plans laid out for this year in particular. Any goals uh, during the coming 12 months that you haven't uh, already made public? Like, any big things you want to get done? Yeah. So, that that's the wrong number. See that little three right there? <laughs> So what's going to happen is I'm going to I'm going to keep the frame and I'm going to replace it with a number one. That's what's happening this year. Oh man! Well, I have no doubt that uh, any competition you might have on uh, route to that goal is going to have to be wary because you know Kodiak is is raring to go and he's training with some killers. Um, yeah. Th again, I'm done. Thank you so much for, for coming on Kodiak, but uh, this is typically the top part of the show where we would 
love our guests to, if they have any sponsors or things they want to shout out, uh, we'd love to give uh, you the floor to do that. Uh, so, you know, go ahead. Uh, thank you so much, guys. You know, um, I, I really can't say enough about the support group that I have, and it's amazing, right? My, my teammates and family at Fight Sports Miami, my wife, um, and, you know, it, without these elements, I can't achieve uh, anything. Right. It's what allows me to be successful. And I just want to say thank you. I love you guys. Um, you know, the other, the other thing is we've got veterans that are in trouble. We got veterans dying from suicide. And the We Defy Foundation is actively helping pull veterans out of depression, out of suicide watch, and, and returning them to being a productive member of society. So if you have it in you, uh, donate, support. Um, it's the We Foundation, WeDefyFoundation.com. Uh, it's, you know, every bit counts. Buy a t-shirt for press sake if you can't afford to do anything else. Um, and then, you know, the uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that keeps this shit going. Like, you know, fight to win and flow grappling and fighter's choice management. I mean, there's, there's a lot of effort that goes into what allows us to do what we do, our passion, you know, jujitsu on the professional stage. Um, show recognition there. You know, keep taking care of it. Keep buying tickets. Support it, and let's keep doing it. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that has been uh, Chad Kodiak Fields, uh, winner of medals and uh, lover of his family. You know, because he's he's nothing without his support system, and we really appreciate you coming on to give us some insights into your story. And we. Truly cannot wait to see what you do this year because it looks like there's no signs of slowing down, man. You know, so remember us when you you hit it big on your BJJ Fanatics uh, contract <laughs> and you're earning that that sweet sweet BJJ Fanatics DVD money. You know, come, come on back and and remember us. Um, I'm gonna have Kevin G as my Uke for that. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Just give oh, me a flight. Was, flight me, I would have been like yeah, hard. <laughs> Freaking pass! I was, <laughs> I was Josh Leduc's uke for a, a footlock seminar I did one time, and that that was like months and months ago. My feet still aren't right, so you know, <laughs> you you keep that shit to yourself. But yeah, this has been another episode of the Jujitsu Times podcast. Uh, thanks again for Chad for coming on. Go follow him at his Instagram handle listed below his name. We'll have it linked down below. Uh, I've been your host Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Stay safe, stay healthy, and love your love love your loved ones. Go go tell your family if you've gotten nothing out of this episode, and it's not uh, go love your family because they love you. Go do that. Go tell your family you love them. Uh, all right.